not rated movie nights a branch of this film not rated which is a branch of the drive-in podcast network today we are continuing to try to not rate movies but we're starting a subtrend when we don't want to review the big movie of the week google it if you're if you want um and we're going to continue to try and seek the objective truth of a movie uh and fail i'm particularly excited about this because it gives us a chance to go back and look at movies that maybe we want to talk about but never get the chance to uh some Mm -hmm. old favorites of ours uh but particularly horror classics right and this is a horror that got uh, kind of like almost a starter for me getting into horror like the real horror like you know you you have movies like uh like uh, a nightmare before christmas and gremlins and you know those those pg to pg 13 horror movies that you can watch as 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 a kid and it's kind of like an introductory this is the first like hard horror movie that i that that i got to see we're talking about night of the living dead the original 1968 co-written and co-directed by george a romero and john russo Jack Russo. Jack Russo. So Jack is sometimes a thing for John. Yeah, it's, you're right. A couple of people wanted to make a horror film. They had basically a shoestring budget, uh, and they just went out and made a horror movie. I don't remember any filmmakers in the plot of Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. The plot of Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Zombies. Well, people are coming back from the dead, feeding on the flesh in a group of... Uh, wayward individuals from varying backgrounds find their way to the same house and they have to fend off the flesh eaters for one night Mm -hmm. so are you ready to go into our gauntlet of objectivity where you have to state nothing but facts about this movie and objectively tell the truth about its quality i guess so Is Night of the Living Dead a good movie or a bad movie? Night of the Living Dead, I think, to this day, is considered a cult classic. By who? Uh, I would say moviegoers in general. General moviegoers. That still doesn't really answer the question of good or bad, though, so... Uh, it is... I generally see it as a good movie. So does 100% of people, so you're good to go. <laughs> what was the best scene in the movie? Best scene in the movie? God. There actually is... I don't know if you'll be able to pull this out, but... A small... Cheat you can do here, where the commentators themselves, on one of the tr- uh, commentary tracks uh. of this release says that there is a shot that most people to the creators of the film cite as their favorite shot of the movie. But if you're anything like me, I doubt you even remember what it is. So, because there is a certain icon uh, that I think of when I think of this movie. Uh, There are several things that I think of when I think of this movie. The standout one for me, the... And I say this because it's the one, the only scene when I first watched this that I had to close my eyes during when I first watched it. It's when the daughter, who's at the bottom of the basement, uh, you see her eating her dad's arm and then walk over and grab a shovel 
up the wall the and stab them off. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one that the whole world agrees. It's, it's, it's okay. So this is, it's not, there's a music box shot is the shot that they talked about. Okay. Like, it's uh, weird. But that movie in this, in this infamous, in, infamous, um, uh, TV special of a hundred like horror movie moments, like of all time of the scariest horror movie that like has influenced my movie watching for like 20 years since this thing aired. That is the scene that's on the list from night of the living dead is the daughter killing the mother. It's you think the, about it. It's, it's, this it's the most dates, the shining, right? This predates the exorcist. Yes. This is so. this is very likely the first of very many things. This is the first time zombies ate flesh yes. on film. This most, a lot of people cite it that way. If you actually go back and watch the trailers for this uh, movie, they mm-hmm. will give the, the line, the scariest movie you've ever seen. And of course this yeah. is like six, seven years before the exorcist. Which was yeah. at that point the scariest movie that was ever made. It just... Yeah, there is too much attention on that scene, mm-hmm. that classic like looming with the the gardening tool scene, mm-hmm. for me to buzz you out. And it's it's the same thing with Psycho. It has this the same effect where you don't see the shovel like stab into the mom. It's all off screen, and you see like reaction shots, but that's it. That you don't actually see in any of the gore. Yeah, so. What should be cut from the movie? He's already pretty freaking tight. Uh, there, I, I, again, listening to the commentaries and hearing them talk about it, there are, there are some things that I could call. I wish I was in the gauntlet this time <laughs> with the information that I knew. Well, the, okay, yeah, they, we'll talk about that more so later on, I'm sure. But uh, what would I cut from the movie? I don't know if I would cut it, but I would like to see this ending to it. I would probably just, at, for curiosity's sake, cut out the ending where the people from the, the townspeople shoot what? the last surviving guy. Yeah. I would probably, if not cut, slightly change it to where maybe the last thing you see before the shot goes off is just them pointing and cut it at that. You know what? Fair enough. I gotta say, there's too much. There's too much that's iconic and meaningful and weighted behind the ending. I actually agree, but there's that's the only thing that I could think of. So, uh, two moments in the movie that the directors talk about with the, with the hiring. We, we we should kick this off uh, with the hiring of Dwayne Jones as Ben. Uh, it was never intentionally like a race casting thing, right? And yet, like almost infamously. They were driving with this movie in the trunk of their car on their way to its initial screening when they heard on the radio about Martin Luther King being assassinated. Yeah. So they knew the weight of what they were putting on film and they knew that they were underlying tensions, but there's more to it than that. Dwayne Jones wasn't just the best actor for the character they wrote. The character they wrote was originally a rough and tumble trucker who matched the like bravado with harry and was like like kind of an asshole it sounds like right and and you do get that with with dwayne jones's uh performance as as that character but uh, See, i don't 
totally get that. And that was the two things that they pointed out. Dwayne Jones fought really hard to never be holding a gun, but then he did for the movie. He tried to fight really hard to have the scene removed where he hits Barbara. Yeah. Okay. And it's like one of the few scenes that's left in. He tried to get that removed? Yes. It's one of the few scenes that's left in. And the reason why, from the creator's mouths, I have is a feeling why, but we had to find a way to get her knocked out. <laughs> the reason they they say that uh, Dwayne Jones wanted the character to be more like affluent, more more reserved, and more of a like a white collar sort of like character. Okay. Uh, and then that ended up working so well with a contrast to the character played by Carl Hardman, who is a producer and is Harry, the guy in the basement Mm -hmm. comes up after Ben had already uh, been shooting. Like Dwayne Jones had already been shooting as Ben. Yeah. They realized that his character needed to play up certain elements in contrast because he was being so reserved and whatnot, but that's not even it. So the scene where they hit her Mm -hmm. is one thing that they might agree could be cut from the movie. If they found another solution to it. Okay. The other one, weirdly enough is him smoking a cigarette. They're all debating with themselves whether or not the dude actually smoked in real life. And, like, after changing the image away from that, like, blue-collar trucker, uh-huh. it's like, did he really need to or not? Because he has it for, like, one shot and then doesn't have it afterwards. I mean, I guess they didn't need it, but it was so common at the time. Like, I don't see the issue with it. Button up tie guy in the 60s, I, I, I would say they were smoking the most. <laughs> okay. Well, hey. Um, so... You know, it's just funny. It's just because the commentary they recorded would have been around much later. The ni- 1994. Yeah, some like you're you're, so you're, you're a, l- a little short of 30 years later is when they're talking about this. Right. This is like one of those like classic Halloween night horror movies that and it doesn't have to like I I say Halloween but like almost any night I I I could watch this and be thoroughly entertained, but it it's one of those horror movies that kind of perfectly fits the 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 fall season it kind of like with halloween where it, it fits the mood and the atmosphere almost to a t where it, it's 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 one of those that i have to go back every year to watch if not on halloween night then around halloween it like fits in for in. some reason lately just because of covid every year i've been watching this movie kicking off the summer yeah <laughs> i don't know what that is but you know we watched it you and I, either you and I or my wife and I were watching it the day that riots kicked off in Atlanta over uh, George Floyd. Right. And there was, felt like there was nothing we could do about it. And also we didn't realize that all of this was happening and was going to break out. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to be watching Night of the Living Dead, which in the middle of like a virus is spreading the nation and that... Like, it felt like the most poignant thing, you know, to be watching, but we all got distracted in the middle. Yeah, no, the, the funniest thing about that for me was, and, and I say funny in the middle of a hor- hor- horrific incident, is, yeah. is I, you know, I was watching the news with the people trying to break into the CNN center down in Atlanta, and my, my the, the, the whole time I'm thinking, man, this is just like Night of, of the uh, Living Dead. And then I see a yeah. tweet from you, or, like, like, yeah, I think I see a tweet from you late, later on. Saying there's no better time for for a for a for a social justice night than to watch this movie. It's like, ah, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> it's know. Ca- it's just kind of funny. Yeah, what an awful 
awful, awful time period. It's so frustrating. Like something, you know, it's, you can't, you can't, no matter what the filmmakers say about it, you can't talk about Night of the Living Dead without acknowledging what it touches on in terms of race, civil rights, and class issues as well. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just too part of the DNA of the choices they made on what happens to the characters in the movie. And that's, I think, part of the reason why this is so special, because it is simple. Obtain to a house, survive the night, flesh-eating monsters are coming to get you. Survive, survive, that's it. Yeah. And it's it's just like, go ahead. It's it's incredibly bare bare bones. Like, Like, the movie itself is like, what, 70 minutes long, if that? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very short and, it's, and very to the point. It's hunkered down. It's it's isolated. It's clu- it's it's not claustrophobic though. It's relaxed, and and then it's tense when it needs to be, and that's part of the reason why it just feels like you know like you're inside and there's a storm outside. There's this weird appeal to it, but constantly it has this underlayer of all of these different class, race, and social like think pieces going on. Mm-hmm. So your brain is active the entire time. You know, the, the creators, they pointed out that there's a, a, a weird issue in the movie mm-hmm. uh, because they were just set dressing a house that they had rented from some people and they needed the character to find lumber. And so he finds it in some kitchen cabinets. Yeah. How many people do you know that keep lumber in their kitchen? Uh, I can't they think of said- any. They said they were surprised that nobody ever called that out as an error, but I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking, like, no, you know, you know the Jaws thing, you know the um, you earn the ending. You when you shoot a helium tank, it would never explode. Right. But your audience wants it to happen so badly by the time you get there that you earned it. Yeah. I feel like instantly with the creativity behind the monsters, the immediate iconography of the opening and they're coming to get you, Barbara and all these little things and pieces they put in place. I think people are terrified and they're just looking for a solution and they are just as relieved as Ben to find the lumber. Oh yeah. So I, I I don't even think the, I think the filmmakers just completely didn't realize how great what they were making oh, was yeah by 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 no means like like you look at the special features on on the criterion uh discs that you have and they they, they will openly admit that that they were flying by the seat of, of 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 their pants like they this they this was a very they had almost no no a budget the all the zombies half of the behind the scenes crew were the featured zombies yeah and then the other half were just the townsfolk that they got to sign the uh, waiver and they said, okay, well, you're going to be playing a ghoul in this scene. Eat some chocolate and chicken. Yeah. Fresh fresh from a butcher, raw beef, raw, raw intestines and, and, and uh, liver. Uh. Like, that, w- that, that was something I think that was very new at the time. I don't think anyone had had the, the gall to, like, film actual blood and viscera on, on yeah, film before. It's, it's over top. And they, they themselves were even questioning whether or not squibs had been used in movies they remembered before then. Mm-hmm. It was new technology to that crew. Yeah. I don't think it was the first time it was ever used, but you know, so they're, they're like, you're a person who doesn't know that this has been used before, mm-hmm. but you're committing to using technology. That's going to show a person's insides blowing out of their outsides. Right. Like, they, the amount of work they did, they explained uh, what they did in order to film uh, a guy jamming a crowbar into a zombie's brain. Yeah. You know, and then to pull it out and have the whole bubble. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you think of Night of the Living Dead as this black and white movie that has some scary elements but is tame. Yeah. But if you break down what it is you're actually looking at, mm-hmm. it is so freaky. It's not just the one face at the top of the stairs. It's the whole movie. Yeah. And, you know, like going going back to, to the whole wood uh, thing that you're talking about and how, how it's deserved. Like, George Romero breaks his breaks one of his core 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 tenets of the rule of zombies like right at the beginning of of the, of, of of this Does film. He? Yeah, because the whole whole point, the scary part of of the scary thing of the zombie is that yes, they are weak and pretty much easy to kill if they're alone, but grouped together is when they're in in danger. At the very beginning of the script, the guy says, "Okay, and now okay, and now you kill him." You know, when the zombie kills the brother, the guy the guy said, "Okay, well, How's he going to do that? Because this is supposed to be when he's at his weakest. And he was... One of the guys quoted George Romero as, as saying, well, fuck it, do it anyway. Because yes. the point was to get and them to the place. Just, yes, not just about killing the guy, but then smashing the rock through the window yeah. of his mother's car. Mm-hmm. They were going to agree... They were going to pay to replace the window... But then his mother, like, dented and wrecked the car. Oh. <laughs> and there's, it's actually creative editing. Like, the when the car hits the tree, mm-hmm. that's the real car damage that oh. she got, like, in the <laughs> middle of the thing. Anyways, um, but yeah, the dude chases a car. Yeah. These zombies that are supposed to be slow moving chases a car. Right. And, and you don't so think like, about it at the very beginning because it's still a new creature. You don't know what the rules are yet. So yeah. it's very easy to break those rules and have no one really notice and, and yeah. until a rewatch. And even on rewatch, you don't even think about it. I really don't. It actually feels that that actor who performs the first on-screen zombie like that. Yeah. He nailed it. Oh, for sure. Even, like, I, I absolutely buy that this guy typically would be very slow and not very strong. But because he has this, like, bloodlust. Yeah. He like ramps up for a bit. Mm-hmm. I it just it just works. Everything just works. It's like they were just throwing things together and everything just happened to fall into place. Yep. The music, just that. Well, well, like, well. You know what that well, well. You know what that music is, right? What? It's 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 just library music. Is it? Yeah. Uh, George A. Romero and uh, Jack Russo. They 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 had a a television for a commercial and industrial film company where, where, where uh, that they set up like seven, eight years earlier before this, where they just filmed commercials and, and industrial films for uh, people. This uh-huh. is their first big thing that they use the techniques that they learned. But yeah, it's, it's, it's all I li- it's, it's all library music from, I think a company called uh, uh high Q libraries or, or something. And they did it out of necessity because none of them, knew how to actually score music. Kind of like with uh, John Carpenter stuff, this this whole 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 crew was a like a motley crew of we're gonna do it ourselves type thing, uh, type guys. None of them knew how how to how to compose music, but they had that asset of the library music at their disposal. So George A. Romero, he just picked the stuff that that that, that he liked and implemented it. So okay so it's it's literally it's every layer of this whole thing is just driven by like a passion for a specific outcome mm-hmm. and then just accepting what you get yeah but what they got happened to serve them insanely well oh the lighting even the lighting mm-hmm. in the movie 
um, I didn't I didn't recognize this like ever until they pointed it out. And now I can't unsee it. Uh-huh. But there's a, a certain type of sheet that they're hanging in front of light boxes and just cutting holes in. Yeah. In order to get that that effect where, you know, there there's like dramatic lay, lighting and like just the eyes are visible or this and that. It's all over the hallways of the household. It's everywhere until they turn the lights on inside. Yeah. It's they're set. They're doing like expressionist lighting on no budget in a house. Like, I, I don't know. It's insane. Every oh yeah. Once in a while, the camera is tilted in a way that feels like it's on accident, but it's not. Um, they. Oh, I very likely that studio that they owned that basement is the basement of the house in the movie. Ah. Because that little door doesn't go anywhere. This was such a strong idea and it delivered so well and then resonated so much harder with what was going on in the world and everything that it's no wonder that it spawned like an entire it, this somehow shot low and higher than anything else can shoot. Because can you imagine like creating the zombie, right? It's like creating a vampire. Yeah. It, Even the original Dracula didn't do that. Yeah, this is a very new creature. Like, yeah. He took inspiration from, like, other bits, you know, like like the voodoo zombie. And you kind of mix that with the whole vampire uh, eat, uh, feeding on blood mode mo- motif. And you, you kind of combine those two and you get something similar to what George Romero came up with. Yeah. I mean, but it's even, again, it's something similar. It's not, you know, it's just, they, they understood exactly what was creepy and effective about them from the beginning. Having some of them walk around naked because they came out of graves and they don't got no clothes no more. Having some of them be more decomposed than others. Yeah. I feel like this movie is just always going to work. Yeah. And you know what? The only thing that I like better than watching this movie is watching it as a double feature with its remake. Which, the culture around the fact that the Night of the, Night of the Living Dead has a, a remake from the '90s by Tom Savini, yeah, is is a testament to the subgenre, like to horror, the horror community's tolerance for things. Yeah, because when you have other people go out and remake a classic, the world lights up on fire, and they're all mad. Like, why are you bothering to make this? If someone said they were going to remake Titanic tomorrow or Citizen Kane bunch of people would you know be up in a fist fight oh for sure but night of the living dead's remake is not only an entertaining movie on its own but people allow both to exist and the old retains its reputation while the other one also lives on as its own cult classic yeah and everyone's just like yeah everything's great like yeah it's a, it's a shame they didn't have have tom savini on for uh for uh, the uh, special effects for night of the for Night of the Living Dead. They wouldn't have him. Not like, yet. I, I don't, I think his first project with, uh, Tom Savini definitely did the, the, uh, gore effects for Dawn of the Dead as, as, as well. He, uh, he, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead for sure. I know they didn't ha- have him for Night of the Living Dead. I think he may have been on for Martin, but I'm not entirely sure on that one. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but I, I can only imagine how, Love how, Tom Savini. Oh, same, same. I, I, I can only, um, imagine how much more real like the gore effects would have been the the rights to this movie got so thrown up in the air that a whole separate series of sequels came out for of the living dead dawn yeah. of the dead had to be called dawn of the dead instead of dawn of the living dead because a studio owned the rights to the title of this yeah 
Uh, and specifically, Jack Russo and George A. Romero had ha, had a falling out, and they had a a rights spat where after they separated, Jack Russo maintained the Living Dead rights, where where while George A. Romero still got to use the 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 Dead moniker, which is why we have that separated. That's why when when he had later re- releases, Jack Russo had fi- had final say on any new scenes that were edited in. So you, in a later release, you have an, an extra scene edited in where you see that that uh, initial zombie, the one that kills uh, Barbara's brother, you see yeah. him rise from the dead during a funeral. And it's shot way later, so the guy looks way older. And it doesn't yeah. mesh well with editing. So yeah, the, like the, the performances, uh, just well enough to earn it. I, I still, I get irritated at how they wrote Barbara, but even on top of that, how she's performed is so like frustrating it's it's like a character in resident evil 4 that you keep having to go back for or like yeah, walk around and like the take president, care of the president's daughter <laughs> oh my gosh so um yeah um yeah i don't know man like this has been like the whole rights thing like it, it's the whole rights thing is is the whole reason why for the longest time, oh. you could just get this movie on 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 any uh, collection of fifty horror movies in one set. Like this is where, like that's how you first watched this, and this is like one of the rare movies that I got to see your first uh, in, in, in impression on because you found this uh, this this fifty horror movies in in one mm-hmm. pack thing at Walmart one one time, and you saw that Night of the Living Dead was on it. You had never seen it before, so I got to see your first reaction at the very ending, like. So that 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 so I got to be the asshole that 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 time where as with you with me with the miss seeing Tom Thomas Jane do what he does at the end I got to see your your reaction with the final shot of the black guy dying at the end after he lived through all 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 the zombies and just gets killed by the villagers that was fun for me so dispassionate and cold and it's kicks off this whole thing of George Romero and his social commentary with these movies and. It's haunting. Uh, like, I want Ben to be okay. But, um... And Tony Todd as Ben is fantastic, too. It's a different, more tragic ending. But, um... The, the, the Criterion release, supposedly, is the first release whose profits benefit George Romero's estate. So... That's the version to get if you're looking to own a copy of this movie. Because otherwise, the movie's been released forever. The reason you see Night of the Living Dead on playing in movies all the way up to last year's Halloween ends, okay, is because their rights issues are so messy that it's basically been public domain. Every year, I think I'll continue to have some impulse to want to watch this movie and a couple of its sequels. But you know what? We're going to come back to some of the sequels another time. Um, do you have any final thoughts on Night of the Living Dead? For as old as it is, and as cheesy and amateurish as the acting can be at times, because there are some some bad performances, to be sure, in, 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 in the movie. The core of what it is is so true. That it's 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 such an easy watch that and and it's one that I will always always come back to. Hmm. Yeah, it's a horror classic, and and we are 
this film not rated doing not rated movie nights um so we hope you like this we hope it this strikes a little bit of a chord with a couple of people uh remember you can always reach us at t-f-n-r-c-m-e-l on twitter with your suggestions for what movie we cover next now our plan if there is no other input is to continue to review on this film not rated uh your big releases of this year but in those weeks where there's just not something that we feel is like quite special enough or we're too lazy to get ourselves out to the theater we're going to continue to cover horror classics probably continuing with dawn of the dead so tell us what you think yell at us interact with us we like y'all yes we do and uh you can find me on twitter at high contrast flm and you can find me at uh on twitter at 90s gamer 407 yeah remember we're a branch of the drive-in podcast network go check out what they have to do musiccitydrivein.com and come back and see us next time or watch any of our other videos because we've done a bunch of these by now. Mm-hmm. peace